Gab da. The Queen is coming. <lacht> Welcome to another episode of Four Girls One Take, the podcast where we have candid discussions about your favorite films. I'm Addie. I'm Kat. I'm May. And I'm Michelle. And this week we will be discussing the film The Princess Diaries, directed by Gary Marshall, written by Gina Wenkos, and based on the book by Meg Cabot. Has anyone actually read the books by Meg Cabot? Nope. Nah. Nah. I've actually read. Um, quite a few books by her but not this series she's a great writer that's like the most popular series and she read every <laughs> other single series but princess diaries <laughs> well like in my defense the like the high school library didn't have the first book okay let's that's just blame it on the high school library <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it had like weird like it had like number two number like it was missing oh, yeah. series you know what someone um, probably stole it as a broke high schooler I was not gonna go and buy, and buy my yeah. own okay so what's the princess diaries about let's start off with there so the princess diaries is about Mia Thermopolis and she just found out that she is the heir apparent to the throne of Genovia some European country which is actually and a real place no it's not. it's not it's not it's <laughs> not <laughs> based on a real place and then it wasn't based on a real place but like they took a random like European country well yeah is it? no it's not based on a real place oh it's, I thought it was like, a place there is a place called Genovia no it's not <laughs> well then Gen- ignore me <laughs> there's a Geneva why conference why was in my head in my head that there was a I place I think you're thinking of the Geneva conference <laughs> oh, okay. the United <laughs> Nations <laughs> yeah I totally know my geography the <laughs> conference it's gonna be about pears <laughs> Anyway, um, Kathy clearly needs geography lessons. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> basically, the princess story is about Mia Thermopolis, and she found out that she's the heir apparent to the throne of Genovia. And with her friends Lily and Michael Moscovich in tow, she tries to navigate the rest of her 16th year after finding out that she is a princess. Shut up. <laughs> well, she does it better than I beg your pardon. <laughs> Your Majesty, shut up doesn't mean shut up. <laughs> so what do you guys love about this movie? There's so much things to love. Mm. I think it's just like child nostalgia. Like at that age, right? Most well, most little girls, they like, you know, you sort of want to you dream about living that sort of royal life, getting pampered, when you know, fancy dresses, everyone's like serving you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of like you know how you grow up with like all these Disney films and yeah. loose princess from Barbies and stuff, and now it's kind of, like, a bit realistic than these, and it's happening, and you're like, wow, I want to be Mia. Yeah, and the only thing is, well, she's not Asian, but that's yeah. what we wanted. Like, We just want our life to be turned around at 16 too, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yeah. at 16, sure, you thought you were an adult, right? At 16, <laughs> you're thinking you're an adult. Looking back, you're like, oh, my God, I was a child. Media puts such an importance on the age of 16, yeah, like like, like especially Disney, America. Yeah, like in every Disney TV show, Sweet Sixteen. And when I turned sixteen, I was like, "Come at me!" Isn't it interesting <laughs> um, the different like Western ideals of what it's like to turn sixteen? Because I'm Indonesian, and oh, yeah. we place a huge importance on the seventeenth birthday. And why is that? I'm like, I'm always, I always forget like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> but like a lot of people, like um, I know, growing up in Australia, everyone has their sweet sixteen or like sixteen and yeah. twenty one are both very yeah. um, like the pinnacle years of your lives. Yeah. But in Indonesia, people have like fucking massive balls for their like seventeenth birthday. So that's like for them, that's like the pinnacle year. I don't know about like you know um age thing but in the Burmese culture there's this thing where it's called the ear piercing ceremony sorry what mm-hmm. yeah so you do um that's kind of cool though yeah mm-hmm. so you do it's it, it no one really celebrates it like that that you're used to now but it's basically it's the time when the girl gets her ear pierced while we're on the topic of beauty related let's talk about princess diaries and we'll go back back to the other point but princess diaries and beauty standards Oh yeah. yeah, I've I've never like you know understood why like f- frizzy hair or like really bushy hair mm. was like seen as like a bad thing, mm. or like it was associated yeah. to the nerdy character, yeah. or having bad hair, or having glasses, or having braces, yeah. like yeah. that stereotype characteristic. You immediately oh look, it's the nerd in whatever um like western movie like or teenage movie Mm. specifically and that's like the the same characteristic same as like you know uh, mia she has like she's quite eccentric she's an artsy character yeah she's an arts yeah um and also what is what else like she's artsy she's very she's low-key and she's very like her hobbies are very niche so it's like horseback riding Mm. okay what's that okay dancing Synchronized swimming. Yeah, synchronized swimming. She does that kind of stuff and rock climbing. So you can say that she does have a hobby, but her her hobby was not like skateboarding or surfing like that. It wasn't mainstream. Yeah, Yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, like I don't think rock climbing is ever mainstream. And yeah, I realized they always like when they character. A, the main character who's a nerdy character they're always trying to make her stand out from like the crowd yeah. so that's why they give her these different activities yeah. that would make her stand out from the crowd oh yeah I don't get how like you know if I know that a person in my year does rock climbing as a hobby I'd be like fuck she's cool yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean I don't think so but like apparently she's not cool in their view but I'm not sure if it's because of her hobby or the way she actually presents herself at school well like that's interesting because I feel like people don't even know her enough to know that that's one of her hobbies right because she you know how there's a line where she says my goal in life is to be like invincible like my expectation on life is to be invincible and I'm good at it invisible (laughs) yeah invincible invisible what did I say invincible Have I been saying that word wrong my whole life? <gasps> Invisible. Oh my oh god. My Those two mean completely <laughs> different, different things. things. Yeah. Invisible. Invisible is like disappearing. Yeah. And invincible is it's like, like super, super strong. Fearless and like, and yeah, fearless. And you're like unbeatable. we've realized in the first few minutes of this podcast is that may doesn't know the difference between invisible and invincible and kathy doesn't know her geography (laughs) 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 has no one um ever corrected you (laughs) wait 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 wait. (laughs) this is wait invincible an invisible? Yes. Invisible is a word? <laughs> You're so what? dumb. Like, like visible, like visible, but invisible. <gasps> I thought it was always invincible. Like, you know, you're not I'm seen so sure invincible. We've known each other for like 10 years. 
And I'm like, I'm still finding out something new. <laughs> invincible doesn't mean you, you're not seen. No, no, invincible means you're undefeatable. Yeah. yeah. Invincible. And invisible is when you can't. You know, like vision, visible, get it? <laughs> For the audience, she's holding her face. <laughs> oh my god, I feel so dumb right now. <gasps> what? Jesus Christ. <laughs> so she was like, my expectation in life is to be invincible. Invincible. My expectation in life is to be invisible yeah. and I'm good at it. So I, I feel that on, on like a deep level. <laughs> so clearly, I don't think she's ever like, gone out and like told people what her hobbies are or her friends like but i don't think many people even notice her because there was a scene where she was literally sitting down eating her sandwich and someone sat on her oh my god and Always she was sitting on her, and yeah. then yeah and then and then lily was like she was saying to lily somebody sat on me again so you can clearly see that she's never been the one like out there like no one knows her so you can't even say like wallflower yeah she's a wall she's a true wallflower you can't even say like she's cool because you don't even know anything about her this is such a stereotypical like yeah. storyline the wallflower suddenly becomes like someone really popular that's that's mm. the usual um teenage trope yeah. I, I think oh for example like if it's on beauty sound like curly hair i remember people who had curly hair wanted the straight hair and such and such vice versa mm. and i think um yeah i think it's a, a really western thing to want like really straight hair is i just yeah. meet every western it's like oh i want your straight hair but i'm just like really and yeah. they always tend to straighten like all they all been through like some sort of permanent straightening or they yeah. always wake up early to straighten their hair and maybe that's um for me uh having that really bushy hair is not desirable it's not mm. part of that beauty standard mm. She didn't really care about it no, until, no. obviously, the like the princess bombshell dropped, yeah. and her grandmother sent Paulo. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about the transformation. I love that scene. Yeah, iconic. I don't think anyone, everyone remembers it for the transformation. Yeah, scene. whenever yes. you ask someone about the Princess Diaries, I think one of the first things they say is, "Oh." That makeover scene. Yeah, that's been hailed as like one yeah. of the most iconic makeover scenes in film yeah. for this generation, really. Yeah, but what is it about it? It's quite simple, isn't it? But what is it about it that we love it so much and it's still iconic and we still remember it? I think what I really liked about it is they didn't like change that much. A video. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> like, no, as in, like, they didn't change that much. Like, they gave her straight hair. They did her brows. They didn't, like, change her. Mm. Like, they just changed, like, aspects of her. You mean they just, like, accentuated yeah. her features? Yeah. Yeah. Or well, even, it's, like, what I found about, like, what I found so, like, eye-gasmic <laughs> about it is that, you know how you go, when you go into a beauty salon... There's always that fear that you won't look perfect when you walk out of it, right? Mm. But for her scene, she literally did like a whole 180 transformation, but she walked out of it so perfect. And yeah. a part of you kind of want that for yourself when, you know, mm. you just let someone kind of like, you know what, just vamp me up. <laughs> just hit me with yeah, that puberty yeah. bus. <laughs> I realised, I think I know what it is also, also is that the change is pretty drastic. I think that was really fun. We, yeah. we, we were excited to see the change. Mm. I think that's what it was. Like the beginning, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm so curious because like they made Anne Hathaway extra bushy brows, crazy hair which you've never seen her in. 
and with the giant glasses and I think we were just excited to see the result and I think yeah. seeing the result was the fun part because yeah. they only gave us like glimpse of it I think that was the fun part yeah. I think what the Princess Diaries does as well is that it really distinguishes itself from other makeover scenes like you yeah. know those other makeover scenes in movies where they just take off the glasses and suddenly oh my god like the girl is so is beautiful I was like yeah. fuck you I can't see without glasses we're beautiful too yeah I know right? just the glasses suddenly have amazing skin yeah. yeah and I think yeah because it was like a full physical transformation yeah. sort of like um Sandra Bullock and Miss Congeniality that oh, yeah, was also that a really good well. and the way she walked out mm-hmm. oh my god yeah. Victoria's mm-hmm. Secret Runway what yeah. is that so I think that's what um Princess Diaries does really well yeah yeah. One thing I really liked about her makeover is after her makeover, she wasn't always like her, even though her hair's straighter, her brows are better, she wasn't like that pristine image every scene. Like you yeah. can see that even though she has straighter now, you can still see um like her, you can yeah, still see yeah. the mirror, like the way she pins her up, just the way she did when she had bushy hair. Like it was not always perfect. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Like they just gave her straight hair and that's it. But she was still also Mia. Mm. She wasn't the after makeup of me in every scene. She wasn't always perfect. And that was really good to yeah. see. Yeah. She was very authentically her. Yeah. 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 What I loved about it as well was um after she had that whole makeover, Clarice, her grandmother, was just like better. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say she was like, Oh, you look beautiful now. She just said better. Yeah. Which I think is so awesome because mm. it sort of implies that her grandmother has always thought that she was beautiful yeah mm. it's just like oh you're just like improved but you're, just, you're still you yeah. yeah and when she was actually correcting Mia before she had the transformation as well she actually points out like the good and the bad thing about Mia's feature it's not like oh damn right nah I hate this yeah. I hate that and all that stuff she's like uh, like ears like her father it's like it's the cutest thing yeah. you have that relationship like where you're finding out oh you know yeah. that's what she was born with yeah yeah. You know, and that's something beautiful. And most of the bad things she pointed out were things she can learn. And it's just some things that she just need to learn, like mm. etiquette or like history. And stuff. That's something she can learn and change. And that's part of the job. Yeah. That's something, mm. it's almost like a critical, it's what do they call it? Um, uh, constructive criticism. Yeah. So she has a role as a princess. And things she was, can't change, like her physical features, she complimented because she knew that's who she's going to be. You know, mm. she can't change that. Mm. Julie Andrews. what a queen she was so good at it yeah actually just on the topic of julie andrews it's actually really funny because in the original book mia's father is actually alive Mm. yeah so it was a decision made by disney and the producers to kill off mia's father because they wanted to cast julie andrews as clarice and after (laughs) after julie andrews accepted um, Meg Cabot, the author of the OG mm. book, actually approved a lot of the changes, and a lot of Mia's father's dialogue was actually given to Clarice. Yeah. Awesome. And in the novel, so it gives another women feature. Yeah. In the novel, um, Mia's grammar is actually much more stricter, like a bit oh. more, um, not as more loving. Cold. Yeah, more cold, more, um, like a typical. Yeah, like a typical, like a royal, like royal. how you would think. Yeah, more stricter, much more. Had much more expectations out of Mia. But she wasn't as nice and loving as the one in the film. All right, let's talk about the portrayal of female characters mm. because 
The Princess Diaries is a film that passes the Bechdel test. Yay. Yay. For anyone who doesn't know what the Bechdel test is, it's basically a measure of representation of women in film or works of fiction. It was created by Alison Bechdel, a cartoonist in 1985. And there are three requirements to pass the Bechdel test. Number one is have two named female characters. And number two, they have to talk to each other. Check. And number three, they have to talk about something other than a man. Which they did. Check. Such low standards, but surprisingly, a lot of movies don't Don't pass pass it. it. And it's interesting that this movie was, um, was this early 2000, was it? 2001. Yeah, early 2000. And it managed to pass that. I'm glad they did. It's a teen movie. So it's good to know that the teen movie passed that test. And it's also like... it gives room to for like I guess teenagers to look to feel represented. So I think like to have this movie represent what it's like to have a conversation between two leading female, mm-hmm. it it feels nice, you know? It feels yeah. like, oh, our conversation's actually represented. There's better thing, bigger thing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Two girls <laughs> fighting over a guy, yeah. for example. Yeah, definitely. And what I liked is that um uh, like there's a lot of different types of female characters. There's like Mia's friend, which we'll talk about later, which oh. is also quite she's mm. dimensional with that Definitely. one. She's changed a lot. She has a lot of character development. Mm. But also the one thing I will criticize is more of people of color, obviously. Yeah. Well, it is the too early two thousand, but that's one thing that I will criticize is like we we want more people to see uh, you know ourselves on screen. That's the one thing I will say. The one thing that obviously shut us down from dreaming of that having that possibility sort of being in that situation is much further away, for pe- you know, for people of, of colour because, mm. you know, that's what they're representing on screen. Um, there was one, pe- like, woman of colour. Yeah. We'll talk about Sandra Oh because yes. she was an iconic part of Even though she film. was not our age, it was amazing. No. That she- it was great to see an Asian yeah. character on screen, especially when that's something that's been so rare Mm. especially like growing up watching a lot of western films and stuff you don't see yourself represented on screen and so when you see someone who looks a little bit like you or who looks like you like sandra O, you latch onto that character and you're like oh my god there's someone out there who looks like me Mm. and even though it's a minor character it still means a lot. Okay. It's like you're you're finally part of the narrative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Yeah. The, but the funny thing is, like, I didn't at that age. All that this conversation about diversity wasn't. It hasn't clicked to me because I saw this at a very young age. Yeah. So like, Gupta's character didn't mean much to me at that time. But as I grew up, it, she meant even more to me now than definitely. she did back then. Right? Do we all agree? Because yeah. that sort of education didn't come in. Like yeah. we we didn't even realize that we there was the lack of diversity and we didn't think that was a problem back then. You know, that's sort of, what do they call that? Not brainwash, but... Um, systemic. Kind of ignorant. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a systemic yeah. thing. Systemic racism that you're sort of just good, you sort of get into It's been thing. ingrained. Ingrained, and so yeah. you just yeah, sort you of go with it. the flow. Exactly. And then as you grow older, you get more educated and you're like, hmm, yeah. something's not right here. Yeah, it's like, why are there so many white people? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, you grow up, with every time you watch a movie, you 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 expect to not see your yeah. your your like your Asian community represented. When you see one, you're like, oh my god, this is phenomenal. This is the best, which is so sad because yeah, like, you get excited about this one little yeah, thing, one little which thing. you should have to. Yeah, which you, 
like it just should be there yeah, but you're like you get so there. excited about a tiny character and it's like such a low standard but like it it's, it shouldn't even be a standard because it should be just like a natural it thing it just should be there yeah we exist in the world you know yeah. and that's how we Especially should be represent, represented and if you're going to represent san fran you know san fran is not majority anglo-saxon white you know what i mean yeah. san fran is a mixture of a lot of colors san fran's mm-hmm. super diverse yeah. yeah so to add like a character like Gopta in there, played by Sandra O. Oh. And with yeah. no accent. Thank you. I yes, love that she didn't have an accent. Yeah. Oh, my God. She didn't have an accent, and I love that. Yeah, that, that's one thing and I really like. she's not, like, it. portrayed, like, smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the typical stuff. She was just sort of, like, funny. Yeah. yeah. No, the way she was in the whole narrative was very seamless. Mm. Moving on, let's talk about... <laughs> I think we mentioned this before, but Lily Moscovich. Oh my god. She's an interesting character. She's interesting. I think she's interesting. She is. She's very flawful, which makes me really like her. Is that a word? Flawful? Flawful? Flawed. Freaking words right now. This group group needs a dictionary chucked in there. Oh my god. Well, like, I like going back to Lily, I think she's such a. She's, I like, I don't know, like, I, when I was watching her, I hated her. Not hated her, I just hated the way she is as a friend. But as the movie progressed, I like that she admitted. That mm. she is flawed. She's sort of like everybody. Yeah, I like she. What, what is that that she says? She says, "Um, my parents think I need an attitude adjustment." That's yeah. what she started the mm-hmm. scene with, and then later on she goes, "I told you I need an attitude adjustment," which is true. She was she's not aware of it. Yeah, mm. she's aware Tried of it. To fix it. How like um, what's that word? Like uh, very. She was self aware. Yeah, no, no. She was very like in your face about it. It's always just about her, her mm. causes, her things. Selfish. Yeah. Yeah, she was. But like even in that, she was like really like. She's <laughs> 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 like, really, do you need a dictionary? We just go for onomatopoeias now. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think I think she was. Yeah, I mean, not the didn't start out as the best of a friend like not a very good friend when she was like oh i'm going to dinner with my dad because we ran out of things to say since we since i was seven oh, yeah, that one really hit me yeah. and then she was and then mia was like oh at least you still have a dad and she goes i thought you were i thought you got over it. i thought you were getting over it like what it's been two months and it's like why would you, st- why would you who says that to like a, str- a person let alone your best but also, friend it sounds like a very real teenage conversation because teenagers mm. aren't they're not at that age if you go back to yourself back then you you were very worldly and the way you talk to people mm, yeah. as well you're still learning how to know learning how to you know know the social cues and mm. learning how to socialize and that's because yeah. high school is the place for that you yeah. know learning your mistakes and how you have to talk to people and what to say and what not to say yeah. is in high school which is sort of really quite realistic yeah but also i think because of lily um mia also realizes that she's being selfish Mm. throughout the whole movie mm. and she was quoting what Lil, uh, Lily says how like I should use my time my voice my platform to help people that I need which yeah. is what Lily told her mm. and I think that's sort of in a way quite you see hard. that she's quite grown up in some sense yeah. in some sense she's not the best closure scene to me was when Mia got so mad and she's like you know what you win Lily you win I'm not gonna be a princess and Lily was like wait what you're not gonna be a princess and Mia's like yeah I'm not gonna be a princess and Lily's like but I want you to be because 
you have the power to influence thousands of people whereas mm. I really have my cable show and that was such a beautiful scene to me because yeah. you have this very really tense, mature moment yeah a yeah. very tense build-up of friendship and all that stuff where Lily is just basically attacking Mia for changing because she had to change but then like at first she wasn't aware of the fact that Mia was actually a princess because mm. it's a political secret for yeah. Genovia right and all that stuff and once things start to unravel Lily came to accept that this is no longer just me. I know she has a job. She has an she's, agenda. Yeah, she's duty. She's yeah. responsible. Yeah. yeah, I've realized that like from Lily's side, you know, me is just been leaving after school and just saying I have a thing with my grandma, blah blah blah, and not telling her friend what it is. And then the next thing you know, she comes back with like the popular girl hairstyle. Of course, Lily's gonna be like, "What have you been doing? Like you, you haven't told me anything. Suddenly you have all these hair cut. Like what's happening?" And I guess in a way, she felt left out. Yeah, and angry and it's jealous, just, just yeah. like what it's she just said. The yeah. way she said it was like yeah, really with, bad. Well, yeah, it was she, not a great like. It wasn't helpful not, at all. Well, she <laughs> did say enough. she needed an attitude adjustment. <laughs> yeah, I like that she recognized her flaws though, yeah. because yeah. that's something that you don't see in a lot of characters and especially in real life as well. I really liked how real Lily was. Yes, she was a bitch, but. She was quite a real character, and that's how a lot yeah. of people are. She was very multidimensional. She wasn't just the perfect character. Yeah. She was the- or like she also didn't just stay bad. Yeah. yeah. She evolved, and she – you know how, like, in a lot of rom-coms and uh, they have that stereotypical best friend role, and it's yeah. very – like one dimensional. Yeah, like yeah. always the like the perfect supporting friend. Yeah. And Lily like, wasn't that. It's good to see there. that dynamic in a friendship. Yeah. I mean, she was a bitch for the cause. <laughs> she had things she wanted to like complain. Oh, yeah. She had things and she wanted to do. I, like, I know this people would roll yeah. out and we just get just do this. She was she was she only was really determined and knew what she wanted in life or out mm-hmm. of life. But you know, it's very she's, real. Yeah. And I appreciate It's a very real that. friendship. I mean, what friendship doesn't have fights? Yeah. And yeah. moments, That's yeah. True. And also, like, with their friendship, the, their dynamics, um, Lee has always had the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And Mia's always let Mia... I mean, Mia has always let like Lily do whatever she wants. Yeah, because Mia's goal in life is to be invincible. Invisible. Invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> That's going to be the title of our yeah. uh, podcast episode. Invincible or, or invisible? invisible. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I can talk and speak. I swear, I I swear I'm eloquent. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, that's one reason. Like, there's, there's a lot of reason to love Lily, basically. Yeah. Mm. We're not, we're like on the team of maybe attack her and defend her. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. We'll we'll yeah. attack her when she's in the wrong, and then yeah. we'll support her when yeah. she's learned. That's what being a good friend is. You you tell them when they're being shit, and you support them when oh, they're yeah, being good. The friends that tell you, oh, they're always on your side. Be suspicious, because you can't always be right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you suspicious of us? <laughs> on her. I'm just saying. What I'm trying to say is, it's like if you have friends who can tell you straight up that you're in the wrong. The most likely people you can keep around. Kathy mm-hmm. Sauce. Because <laughs> it takes a lot of courage to yeah. tell your friend You're you are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's 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 hard. You're telling yeah, like how we just told her that the invisible wasn't invisible. <laughs> and there's also <laughs> friends who friends who willingly admit to their mistakes. Those yeah. are the ones I want to keep around With too. Lily as well. Yeah. She admitted. Yeah, and there's a lot of courage in just admitting that you're wrong. Yeah, that's well. that's a cool trait. Yeah, 
Yeah. I've met a lot of people that has a hard time saying sorry. Oh, I've yeah. Met, even saying I was wrong. I feel like that's also a very Asian thing. Well, at least from my like what I know in my family and the adults mm. I know, oh, they will not admit they're wrong. Mm, and yeah. when, they're, when they know they're wrong, when we all know they're wrong, it's all like, okay, whatever. Okay, they'll just leave it. They don't. There's no sorry. There's no like, oh, you're right, I'm wrong. Mm. It's never that line. It's always some like, let's, all right, let's have dinner now. Or like, okay, all right. They'll just, like, mm. they'll just shrug yeah. it off. Oh, here's yeah. a bowl of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's never. Um, it's never. An, I'm sorry. It's no, more like I'm sorry, here's some mangoes. <laughs> so yeah. 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 Now, now that we talk about the women. What are the the men characters in here? What are, what's yeah? What are, how are they? I love Joe. <laughs> Joe. 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 Joe's a sweetheart. Fun fact about Joe. Uh, so the actor who plays him, Hector Elizondo, he is in a lot of Gary Marshall's films. In fact, he is in all of them. <laughs> I'm not dog. even kidding. He, he is. Okay, this is really interesting, but Gary Marshall actually put it in his contract that he is able to wow. cast his friend Hector in every film that he does. Yeah. He directs. You know what? Get a friend that will always provide you a job. <laughs> that is the friends I want. That's the friend we want. <laughs> we want a friend who can confront. We want a friend who will give us a job. We want a friend who will confront. And we want a friend who will admit. Yeah. yeah. Is that so hard to ask? Apparently <laughs> hard. Apparently not a lot of decent people out there. But he was a great character. He was such a- Sweetheart. Yeah. He he filled the male figure that's lacking in her life. He filled that gap and mm. I think it was so beautiful that he even he was the one that went after the queen and said, she's capable, she can do this. You were being harsh on yeah, her, yeah. you know. And, yeah, it's great that she had that. Yeah, he role. and yeah. he also, has, like, noticed the things, like, you know, when, um, what's her name, uh, Lily was criticising her in the car yeah. and then the first thing jo- Joseph noticed is he's quite a uh, pers- what's that word a perceptive character because he he noticed immediately like oh Mia's crying even in that private so Mm. it's really quite intimate scene Mm -hmm. and so yeah he's quite a perceptive character sensitive as well for yeah for Mm. like that role he really knew um, Mia but also the queen well enough he knew he picked up her cues that like no one could yeah Uh, yeah. growing up is loving the romance between Joe and the queen more than um, Mia and uh, Michael Michael, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Michael, though. Twin brother? Twin brother, twin brother. I'm saying older brother. Oh, whatever. Or whatever. Just, actually, never Michael, Michael annoys me because I feel like a part of him feels entitled to Mia for some reason. Like, Michael was very passive about his emotions towards Mia, but somehow she, he, she still, he still kind of expect her to reserve her emotions for him. Where does it show that specifically? I, I just want to know. The most obvious part for me was when Mia was like to him, it's like, hey, I can't come to your band show because I want to go to that beach party with, what's the other dude, Justin? Was it Justin? I don't fucking know. If his name starts with a J, that's a red flag. (laughs) And I was like, clearly Mia didn't see the red flag there. But like, okay, she cancelled on your show Mm. to go and have fun with another dude. Suddenly you're mad at her. 
for doing that yeah. you know but oh, your yeah. your feelings are not really she obvious really, yeah she does she really doesn't she sees true. you mm-hmm. as like your her friend her best friend's brother but she never really see you in another another light so really you don't have the audacity to yeah. be mad and then like what you call it and then she obviously he told lily about it because lily was the person who fronted me it's like so you broke my brother's heart and you didn't come to my cable show just to go off with this yeah. fucking beach party thing and all that stuff it's like it's technically mia's life she gets to do whatever the fuck she wants and she, didn't even, she wasn't even aware of his feelings. Yeah. yeah. And then the next day where he just comes and to collect the money for her car and she was nice enough to invite her to invite him to the royal ball because mm. she was like I want you to be there. Mm. He played he played it off passively. He's like yeah. You know, because he's still salty about the fact that she went to the beach party instead of his freaking well, I'm sorry badly. if you don't have balls to tell your feelings. Yeah. I think we just have to like take in mind that these are like teenagers yeah they're very young they don't know what's going on um obviously he's not on joe's level (laughs) of a man yet (laughs) joe has reached level 1000 (laughs) in life you know but i think um also i think part of why he was hesitant in telling mia about his feelings because he even said it himself because that's my bet uh that's my sister's best friend because if he went forward, something happened, either because she, she didn't like mm. him or either they did go further and something happens, there's going to be that awkwardness. Mm. And sometimes it's, like, better not to take it forward than that. You know that typical yeah. age-old dating your yeah. best friend mm. um, thing? is A lot of people don't go forward with it because they don't want to damage the friendship they already have. Yeah. I think that's mm. sort of that. But, yeah, he was a tad bit entitled. Yeah. Just a tad bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he could have communicated it better. Um, So before we go to our break, let's talk a little bit about the film narrative Mm. in general. Mm. How closely does it align to traditional fairy tale conventions? Like, definitely, like, you've got the hero or heroine in Mia. (laughs) Is that her name? Amelia... Mignonette, the marvelous Renaldi, Princess of Genovia. Country that doesn't exist. <laughs> 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 Kathy admitting to her mistakes. <laughs> We've got evil characters in Mandy Moore's character. Mm, yeah. uh, that was such a good um, face off. Yeah. You know, yeah, when she ice cream scene. Oh, sad as yeah. And then Gupta's like, I don't know, honey. I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, booze. Send it to dry cleaning. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then she's, and then what, Mia's like, you're right. I am a freak, but one day I might grow out of it. But you, you'll never stop being a jerk. Ice cream jab. I was so satisfied. <laughs> was so yeah. Land it got cold. Land it got cold. And she did overcome, like, evil as well. In yeah. Not in not the, like, the typical fairy tale way where there's, like, yeah. an evil witch. But um, yeah. there was, like, some obstacles that she saw in, in a way that's sort of the evil that she had to, like, learn and yeah. um, overcome. Mm. It, it was realistic evil. Yeah. You know, it's not dragons and no, it trolls and yeah it was, it was it was it was realistic trolls in the form of <laughs> she was a troll <laughs> she was a troll <laughs> and then they have like you know the classic old disney fairy tale trope of one parent dying oh yeah they always kill off a parent so so someone can be a single parent oh, and then she has like a sad character story backstory yeah. you know yeah. to, for, you know for character really- development <laughs> 
you know what's really interesting is that Anne Hathaway's real dad actually played Mia's father. Yeah. Like you know, in the no in the way. scene that she was oh, reading really? the letter and who did yeah. the voiceover, yeah. that was oh, Anne Hathaway's real life dad, oh. Gerald Hathaway. Gerald <laughs> Hathaway. Yeah. That's cute. Oh, Michelle, didn't you mention that the reason why Anne Hathaway got cast of is because? Oh yeah, yes. So this is really interesting. But um, Liv Tyler, who is gorgeous i love her in that thing you do anyway she was actually the front runner to play mia but then gary marshall's granddaughter so gary marshall directed the film his granddaughter encouraged him to cast anne hathaway because they thought that she had princess-like hair really? <laughs> she is so innocent actually, innocent so reason and this was anne hathaway's first uh credited like first ever movie right um, I think so, but it was definitely the film that like shot her to yeah. fame, mm-hmm. to the A-list, really. Yeah, and there was like a lot of stigma around G-rated films because Princess Diaries was G-rated. Yeah. Apparently, studios think it wasn't profitable or anything, <laughs> but the Princess Diaries was actually one of the profitable ones. Like it, like when it came out and got released, the studios were like, what the fuck? <laughs> like it made that That's much money. money. <laughs> That's when all the princess movies started coming and out. You know what? <laughs> that is a thing with female-led films as well. Mm. A lot of studios yes. haven't been financing female-led films, but they do well. They do well. People want to see Female films. Movies with females. And they get so much backlash for it whenever, like, there's a female cast. They're like, oh, my God, here we go. And then there's, like, a shit ton of um, just people criticizing. Mm. And I think that's why Hollywood doesn't like to take big risks sometimes. Yeah. Like, so, no, shit, it's like, a like business. Yeah. Maybe too emotional. Too risky. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Before we go take a break, we just want to say, uh, studios, please finance more female-led yes. films. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, nothing interests a woman more than a good plot. Yeah. And a good plot led by female character. Ooh, gossip. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, as a female, I want to watch other female stories. I want to watch yeah, their narratives. Yeah. And with that, we'll take a break here. Welcome back from your break. I hope you all had a great time. I did. I read the dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) And an atlas for me. (laughs) Same as me. I found out there's no such thing as flawful. There's falafel. (laughs) Wow. We're really doing ourselves in. And Michelle just cringed um that's what we did in our break what did you guys do um i mean not that you can answer me but anyways welcome back from the break um we are gonna be discussing still discussing the film princess diaries because that's i mean what what else (laughs) (laughs) okay so first question how do you guys define classy so what is the definition of classy for you guys so for me it's not always about appearance yeah, yeah. That's gonna make you look classy. Like you, you can look classy wearing the clothes that that the clothes is classy that what you're wearing, but it's the mannerism time zone. So how they um um the way they sort of uh, present themselves to other people. They could be wearing really simple clothing, but the the moment they open their mouth and they speak to you and the way they present um, themselves to you immediately changes. Like your mm-hmm. image of them just suddenly I'm like, oh my god. I've like, have you met this sort of people? You know, yeah. like yeah, they're from another class. Yeah. You immediately know their status. Mm-hmm. Once they open their mouth. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
Um, my definition of classy is just Julie Andrews. <laughs> Let's just say the person. Queen Clarice Rinaldi. <laughs> a queen is never late. Everyone else is simply too early. Oh, God. <laughs> I love that line. I think classy for me is just someone who has a kind heart. And <laughs> so cheesy. Like, just someone who has a kind heart, a lot of empathy. Um, yeah, and just... Yeah, doesn't that necessarily always mean appearance? Because no. anyone can have a classy appearance. But I think to be to have classy mannerism, to come across classy, I think sometimes it's um you're just born with it. Yeah. You know, like Maybelline. You're just I, born with yeah. it. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, think- like for example, I was like randomly Kate Blanchett. Like she can, she cracked like a dirty joke in an uh, interview, and she still sounds classy. Yeah. Like how do you manage to still sound classy saying these things? Yeah. It's Kate Blanchett, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, you're right. Some people are just born with it yeah. naturally. She can run me over with a bus, and I'd be like, oh, "Okay, all right, thank you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, classy is a state of mind. Mm. Yeah, classy is Julie Andrews. <laughs> she's like classy personified though she's yeah. just yeah oh, no, she's she is. so great i think she's a classic classy doesn't you know I mean like the typical classy yeah she's like true true textbook classy yeah i think the best answer is julie andrews <laughs> yeah she's the epitome yeah, of class. i think mia had that though yeah she yeah has, mia definitely has it was unrefined at the start then yeah. and you can see that with the mm, etiquette had, classes. Yeah. And, but mm. also in the important moments, you start seeing mm. um, she, that side come out of her yeah. as she sort of inherit, inherited from her, her grandma as when she started making those speeches. Because yeah. I think from the beginning of the movie as well, it mentioned that she was a great like speech person. She just got nervous. Her nerves sort of won mm. over that. But when she got over that, she's like an amazing speaker. The One of the best qualities about Mia in her, is her humanity. Like her ability yeah. to relate to... Like just that kind of every ruler should yeah. have. <laughs> um, especially that scene when she was going to school and these two little girls were like, Hi Mia, can I get your autograph? And she was so gentle with them and so um like just relatable in like but in sort of like a classy way and that's where make Mia's classes. Her class is her humanity. Yeah, mm. definitely. Genovia has zero reported COVID nineteen cases. <laughs> Kathy, so <clears throat> That's because it doesn't exist. I know. No, no, no. It's the pears. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Mia. The leader. It's the magical pears. <laughs> she single-handedly. Well, deal here's with here's something idea. I want to throw out. Now that we've talked about the general, like, what is classy? Mm. Okay, Asian classiness. What is that? What do your parents think is classy? See, majority of my relatives would associate class with money. They don't associate class yeah, with mannerism at all. Appearance and like what brand you wear. Yeah. yeah. Like they would actually rub into each other's faces what they have. They would showcase that all around their house and all that yeah. stuff. But like that is not the definition of classy that I grew but up. I will say one rich lady that I think I think Michelle Yeoh, you know, in <gasps> crazy iteration. Oh, she's okay, she's she's rich and classy and she can wear whatever she wants and she'd still yeah, be classy. She's classy yeah. class, hey, yeah. with an accent. Yeah. She was even when she was mean, I was like, oh, classy mean. <laughs> you can say that to me again. <laughs> Slap it on my face. Slap like, me. Just yes, me. I do not deserve your son. <laughs> I don't want your son. I'm just new. Wait, are we talking about the, the character in Crazy Rich Asian or, or we talking about Michelle Yeoh? 
Even in Crazy Rich Asians, she's so classy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Even though she was so mean. We have our episode of Crazy Rich Asians coming out soon. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you guys should look forward to that because oh, there will yeah, be a lot, lot of things to say. Things to say. Yeah. And also, fun fact, my parents actually named me after Michelle Yeoh. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So. Oh. Like, talking about that, how that's related to you know, our culture. But what if this storyline yeah. was, like, set in an Asian household? How would that be? Well, one... Um, she would just be shipped off <laughs> and she had no choice in yeah. whether to be a princess or not. When the grandmother came, it wasn't a choice. It was just telling me to pack my stuff and go. Yeah, you would have yeah. no choice. It, it'd be rude to be talking back to yeah. the elder. And my mum wouldn't even defend me between my grandma and oh, me. Yeah. She'd be like, sorry. And like, I wouldn't even be able to say to my mum, like, how dare you lie to me for 15 years, not tell oh, me my dad. I would get my mum would be like... I raised you. I gave birth to you. <laughs> okay? I carried you for nine months. Yeah. The wheeling the whole I gave birth to you. KO. The the gave birth to you card and I'm knocked out like that's it. I'm done. Yeah. It's like I'm my own person. But I gave birth to you. Yeah. Does that make me? I don't think Mia at least had a choice. Yeah. Mia at least got to, you know, go through with this because it's something she wanted. Yeah. Whereas I think with being an Asian family, it's yeah. your duty, it's your family. Because family comes first, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, family, that's what being an Asian is. The Honestly, the biggest card they'll throw is, why are you crying? There are people yeah. worse off than you. That's what, that's yeah. that, that's my whole life. <laughs> Anytime a little thing happens, oh, yeah. why are you crying? Yeah, you, honestly, that line, you could be five years old, seven, they'll say that to you. Yeah. Even, it doesn't matter, boy or girl, both. No. Equally. Okay. Interesting, like, in terms of the cultural differences as well, like... Princess Diaries is a Western film and in Western culture there is such an uh, emphasis on individuality. Whereas, as we were discussing, like with Asian families, it's like, no, you have to take into consideration what your family thinks. And it's a collectivism. I guess, but that's funny. I guess that's one thing I'll say about this um, Princess Diaries is that that's the one thing that we can't relate to. I think that's what we enjoyed so much because we don't have that in our own life. I was like growing up at at 16, right? And so when you look at that, we're just like, oh man, you're just just picturing yourself speaking back to your parents one day and then being able to rebel and not get slapped for it. Not like a shoe or a fly slap or throwing your way. Can you just imagine, like, your, like, Julia, just like the mosquito thing? <laughs> Excuse me, how dare you talk back to me? Look at the mosquitoes flutter. Honestly, and you know, I think it's like, I think if you talk to any Asian kid, you were really, you're never really the center of attention when you were a kid because you're so involved with your family. You live for your family. Everything you do is around the family. That is like when you see Princess Diaries and you have these individualistic characters who get to make her own choice. It's like a sense of escapism, like how May discussed it last podcast. Yeah, it's like, oh, she she was allowed to express how she wants to rule. I wish that were me. Like, can you imagine, like, Dad, no, I'm I'm going to rule it my way. It's like, no, you have no idea what politics is, do you? It's like, <laughs> I just stop crying. I get told, no, you're just too young to know about yeah. Bro. I was I was just realized that like if this was an Asian royal family and Mia was the princess, she wouldn't have even been able to leave with her mom. Yeah. She would have had to stay with the royal family to begin with. Like, the royal family would not have let 
the kid no. go with the single mum. 100%. They she would, would like, know she was a princess. Yeah, she kicked yeah. out. Honestly, if it was the mum will be kicked, kicked out. out. Yeah. They could keep the child because it's by blood, royal yeah. blood. So they'll keep the child. Definitely. Which is, which is so sad. Yeah. Uh, so before we wrap up, mm-hmm. we definitely love that Mia is mm. a queen because we finally get a female lead. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys were a ruler, if you had your own country like Genovia, which is not real. Okay. Thanks, Michelle. I think I got it. <laughs> Salty in the corner. <laughs> if you were a ruler, what would be the first law that you implement? Oh, ban old man. You know what? I like that. I like that. We can't have that, y'all. Okay, except <laughs> Joe. Except Joe. No, I'm just kidding. has a, the pass card, the green card. Um, I'm really passionate about the idea of women having access to pads. Yeah. Um, sanitary products. Yeah, especially in institutions. Mm-hmm. Anywhere, actually, women shop access pads. So, like, yeah. maybe, like, even no tax on pads or even, like, free pads mm-hmm. for all. Accessible pads. Yeah. Right, I'm going to go for something, like, because I love the 20s, 1920s. I'm like, why can't we be... Because we live in Australia here and it's kind of dead. So I want, like, at least once a week they dedicate a whole night where, like, we're open till like 10 or 12 and the streets are just full of people and that sort of festivity i want yeah. that in australia if i want to become a ruler we tried that we we, we kind of have that but yeah, that's it's just like just <laughs> and even yeah. 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 that's yeah. one thing i want like when you go to other countries it's so festive and that's yeah. usually that's what i want i'm gonna i was gonna say you guys are gonna love this like every like afternoon tea break everyone gets a bubble tea for free <laughs> <laughs> That is a rule that we should implement. Come on, section bubble tea. I'll save two thousand dollars a day. I mean, a year. Sorry. Right. I feel like that's economically sustainable for us. Yes, exactly. Ration tickets for a bubble tea. Ration bubble tea. Oh like little chicken bubble tea, and you get a stamp. Oh my God. It's like, hey, didn't you yeah, come back man. already? And English breakfast is so mainstream. Bubble tea. Bubble tea. Actually. What about you, Michelle? What would you implement? Um. Taxes for the rich. Tax, tax the rich. Oh, tax the rich. <laughs> no, but then do you realize that the royal family is also going to be taxed? So technically your family. <laughs> well, I, I will happily pay my taxes, unlike Trump. True, <laughs> oh. man. Anyway, so that concludes our discussion of Princess Diaries, directed by Gary Marshall. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, remember to rate and review us. We greatly appreciate it. Or just follow us on your social media page on Instagram or Twitter at 4girls1take. That is the number four, G-I-R-L-S, the number one, T-A-K-E. And you can also reach us via email at 4girls1takepodcast at gmail.com. That is F-O-U-R-G-I-R-L-S-O-N-E-T-A-K-E podcast at gmail.com. The full details will be available in the episode description. And that's goodbye for now. And we all hope you stay safe and healthy. Um, These are scary times. So please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Yeah, each other. Take care of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mental health and everything. Reach out to your grandma who might be your queen somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) You never know. You never know. You might be the heir apparent to a throne. I sometimes think maybe then you win emperor, you know. Somewhere down, so deep down, I feel like you know, my mom's in you and my dad's in you. Anyway, once again, I'm Kathy. <laughs> I'm May. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eddie. And we're four girls, one take.
we will see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.